are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Good week. Some, yeah, some no. Some maybe. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. And I, uh, I want to take you to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I want to begin to read at verse 1. We're going to read the whole chapter as well. Well, Lord, we've had a beautiful time here in your presence. It's evident, Lord, that you're so interested in the care of your people. We honor you that you visit us, you minister to us, you speak to us, and you strengthen us. We pray for the word of the Lord today that as we read it, as we hear it, Father, that it would inspire us. We pray, Lord, that you would tune our hearts, our ears, our spirits to hearing your voice. We come to you now and we pray for an anointing upon this time together that it just won't be another word, another Sunday or another idea, but Lord, it would be your heart. We would hear your heart. We would hear What is concerning your heart today as we dive into the scriptures this morning? We bless you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. What was the word of the Lord? Rare. Rare. There was not many visions. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Isn't that a great, everybody knows that scripture, right? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, 
Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make ears of everyone here of it tingle. At the time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves uh, contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel laid down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked, and do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Samuel, uh, Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. There was a husband who tells the story of being at a community pool with his family. Kids were screaming, kids were playing and splashing in the pool. Music was playing. The lifeguard's whistles were blowing. And in the midst of the conversation, his wife shushed him. And he said, what are you doing? Shh, did you hear that? Hear what he said. Listen. And over all the noise, she had heard their youngest daughter screaming. And as she listened to it, she said, okay, everything's all right. That's a happy scream. The husband was blown away that over all the other voices, his wife not only recognized her child's voice, but was able to identify what type of scream it was. Why? Because every day she had talked to that little girl and in the process learned the sounds of what made that child happy and what made that child sad and what made that child fearful. She knew that child's voice. Just like he knows your voice. And then he writes, maybe that's what it takes for us to understand God's voice. That every day we communicate and spend time saying to God, speak to me. Speak to me. Amen? Amen. And we have this account in 1 Samuel chapter 3 of Samuel the boy. And he's about 12 years old at this, at this time of this account. And he's beginning to learn the sound of God's voice. Though Samuel had served in God's presence, though he was in the temple, though he, now this is important, though he practiced ritualistic things that represented God, he had not yet 
knowing God to be revealed. That is a huge aspect to hearing the voice of God. You can stand in his presence. You can actually do all the things that Christians do. You can practice all the rituals and yet not understand or identify the voice of God. He's living proof of that to me. After God introduced himself audibly, speaking to Samuel, he began to understand the ways of the Spirit and began to recognize the voice of God. God was preparing Samuel's heart to understand that he would not be satisfied with anything less than a full two-way relationship with God and himself. What are you satisfied with? Are you satisfied with just hearing yourself speak? <laughs> Are you satisfied of being in the presence of the Lord week after week and yet God not speak to your heart? I hope not. I hope that you today, even as we were invited to receive peace, that's the voice of God. That's the Spirit of God beckoning us, drawing us, inviting us, welcoming us, identifying with the need we all had and said to us, I'm going to specifically meet that need. Are you hearing my voice? That's what he does on a daily basis for us in different ways. God longs for us to listen and to respond to his voice. And I want to share some insights from this chapter that will help us to listen and to respond to the voice of God. We see in verses 1 to 5 that some hear voices, but they don't hear God's voices. Some hear voices, but they don't hear God's voices. In those days, it says, in verse 1, it says, uh, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. And there were not many visions. And so we're talking at this point when uh, Samuel is actually in the temple of the Lord uh, and Eli is present. They have now been through centuries, at least three centuries of judges. And, and at this point, the voice of the Lord has been numbed, it's been redirected, it's been refused to be listened to. And so he's not, and because of sin within Israel. And so the voice of the Lord was rare in that day. And so um, Eli, the high priest, he was hearing the voices of two rebellious sons. And he was hearing the voices of enemies that wanted to come and conquer and steal the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines. Those were his enemies in that day. And there are voices heard today, the voice of nation against nation, the voice of war, the voice of politics, the voice of race, the voice of social media, the voice of science, the voice of sex and sensuality, the voice of relevancy and intellect, 
the voice of false religions, the voice of entertainment, and the voice of our own culture. All these voices and many more speak, and they desire for you to listen. They want to redirect what you're listening to. Eli was the one in Israel to whom revelation should have come. He was the high priest. God's priest and God's judge should have been able to hear what? The authentic voice of God. I like what A.W. Tozer said. He said, the world is waiting to hear an authentic voice, a voice from God, not an echo of what others are doing and saying, but an authentic voice. There is a cry in this generation to hear an authentic voice of God. I love that desire. I hope that our hearts and our ears are tuned into the very voice of God. It is different than the things of the world. It's a different sounding voice. It's a clear clear voice. It's a specific voice. It's a directional voice. It's a voice of power. It's a voice of authority. It's a voice that commands obedience. It's in a voice of authority that directs and redirects. And God uh, wants us to hear his authentic voice. And it's amazing that Though he was in a position, and though he was trained, and though he had walked with the Lord all these years, Eli was no longer hearing the authentic voice of God. And the voice of God came to the pupil rather than to the mentor. Wow. Whose voice will you hear? Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice will you heed to? I want to encourage you that one of the disciplines that I have in my walk with the Lord, because uh, my mind just moves so quickly from thing to thing, and I can't concentrate, and I can't focus sometimes. So one of the disciplines that I was encouraged to do many, many years ago, and I've done it for many years, is I was encouraged to journal. And so what I did is I created you a 10-day journal with scriptures about the voice of God. They're out, outside, or if you got one, show me if you got one. You might have brought one in with you. Great. And what I found is that when I journal, I will be in the Word, and I'll wait quietly in the presence of the Lord after I've re read the Word. Or, or I could be praying in the Spirit. I could be waiting uh, in the presence of the Lord, and I can sense the stirring in my spirit. I can hear the Holy Spirit specifically addressing perhaps something that I'm not paying attention to or I need to pay attention to. And what I'll do is I'll sit with my journal and I'll begin to write what's on my heart or I'll begin to write down what I sense the Lord currently speaking at that moment. Or if there was a scripture while I was reading that just jumped out to me, I went like, ooh, He's trying to get my attention. I'll write that scripture down. And then what I'll do is I'll write a prayer about what I sense the Lord asking me to be mindful of that day. Can I tell you that I'll go back the next day into that journal and he, what he spoke 
or what he prompted me to think about or what I was meditating, somehow, some way, there was a thread of that in my day the day before. It's been very special. And what I found is that when I'm not hearing God, that's been really beneficial to me. There have been seasons where it's been a dry season where I'm not hearing or sensing or waiting long enough to hear or sense where I, my mind is so preoccupied or I'm worried or I'm fearful or I'm anxious or I'm stressed about the many things that happen in my life that I'm not making room for God to speak or direct my heart. And so when I write those things out, I find that as I'm writing out whatever is actually limiting me from hearing the voice of God, I then pray about that, and somehow, someway, he shakes that loose. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? It's very, it's simple. We, we make it so spiritual, like, ah, ah, we even go up and, you know, we go up a few notches there because then God's moving. No, 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 no. No, 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 God's moving. God's speaking to his people. And he doesn't always speak through an audible voice. He will speak through music, worship music. <laughs> He'll speak through nature. He'll speak through service. He speaks through words of encouragement. He speaks through the word of the Lord. He speaks through waiting quietly and patiently. He speaks in many, many ways. And it's beautiful when he does, isn't it? So I want to encourage you to pick up a journal. And if you're not journaling, it's a great discipline. This is just for 10 days. Try it and see what God might reveal to you about how he's speaking to your heart. I look at verses 6 to 10, and when I look at those verses, I see that God is persistent. He's persistent and intentional when he wants you to hear his voice. God never sleeps or slumbers. And when he wants you to hear what he needs you to hear, he's going to get you to hear it. That's just who he is. And so he, he personalized his encounter with Samuel. And he called him by name. He knows you by name. He knows. You know, my name when I was on my birth certificate was James. That's on my birth certificate. But growing up, I was called Jimbo, Jimmy, Jim, Chicken Neck, Chicken Legs. But when I got saved... I was a James to God. You know what I mean? He knows you by name. He speaks your name to you. And he loves your name. And your name has purpose. And Samuel was unacquainted with the voice of God and he mistook the voice of God uh, to be his mentor. And he responds, what? He responds in humility. He responds in an attitude of that of a servant. What does he go? He goes to his mentor, thinking that his mentor is speaking to him, and he wants to be obedient, and he wants to respond, but he's, he misses it three times. 
And just because he's mistaken the voice of God doesn't mean that God doesn't still want to speak to him. Just because you mistake to hear God speak to you, and maybe you made a mistake and you thought God was speaking to you and he wasn't, he can redirect you. He will redirect you. He will redirect you and he will define that, no, that's not the voice of God. This is the voice of God. He wants you to know specifically his voice. And Eli was slow to recognize that God was actually calling. He wasn't anticipating that this boy who was dedicated to God, given to God, left there in the temple, parents back home, parents would come once a year to see this child, left in there, didn't have significance in the presence of God. Duh! Wake up, mentor! Right? He was clueless that God could actually speak to a child. Do not be clueless that God is speaking to children today. He will speak to them, through them, with them, and you better darn well listen to them or they're going to make you listen to them. And he was clueless. But God is persistent. God is intentional. And the th it took him the fourth time, to, uh, wait, the third time to say, oh, wait a second, Samuel, something, so, something else is happening here. Sometimes we need to stop in our families and slow down enough to say, Whoa, 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 okay, we did it three times. We, we didn't get the right answer. This time, do this. When you hear the voice, Samuel, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I want to encourage you today. Maybe he spoke to you last week. Maybe not once, maybe not twice, maybe not three times. He could have spoken to you many times. And you were totally unaware. You were so consumed with life and your days and your responsibilities that you overlooked the voice of God. And here's what happens when that happens is that the enemy comes in to say, well, then you won't hear him again. You know, you're not capable of hearing him again. Or the enemy comes in and starts to make you feel less of a person or less spiritual. No, no, no. You're going to miss the voice of God many, many times. I've missed it all the time. And God keeps redirecting me, redirecting me, redirecting me until I hear the clarity of where he wants me to go, what he wants me to do, how he wants me to go about it. It's so encouraging when he does that. And so he instructs him. I like uh, in his devotional book, Upmost for His Highest, Oswald Chambers writes, get into a habit of saying, speak, Lord. And life will become like a romance, he says. Every time circumstances presses in, in on you, say, speak, Lord, and then make time to listen. Chastening is more than a means of discipline. It is meant to bring me to the point of saying, speak, Lord. Think back of a time when God spoke to you. Do you remember what he said? As we listen, our ears become more sensitive 
like Jesus, we begin to hear God more frequently. That's what I want. How about you? I want to hear God more frequently in my life. So Samuel submitted himself to the commanding power of God's voice. And not only was God speaking, but there was... Now, what we have to understand is when we look at those scriptures, it says that uh, as he, he went about the fourth time, it said he stood there. Before it says he spoke to him, but now there's an actual manifestation of God in Samuel's midst. And I like that because that helps me to know that when I maybe not hear him audibly, he will do something specifically to make sure I know it's him. In this case, he stood by him and then he spoke and he changed what he spoke. He said, Samuel, Samuel. The first three times, he only mentioned his name once. The fourth time, he mentioned it twice and then he actually had a manifestation of his presence so he would know it was his voice. Invite the Lord to speak to you each day. I want you to say, speak, Lord, and then wait and allow him, to, allow him time to respond or yourself time to respond. And remember this, he knows you by name. He'll whisper it in your spirit and he'll speak to your heart. We see in verses 11 to 18 that the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. That means there's going to be something moving in the spirit realm. There's going to be something that is out of the ordinary because the people are not listening. And because they're not listening, what I'm about to speak is going to shake them up so much that they're going to know that I'm about to do what I'm about to do. And that what you're speaking, Samuel, is now a fresh word in a season where people have not been prophesying, speaking, or identifying my voice. We're heading in, into a new season now where it was quiet and subtle and rarely to a season now where the prophetic is going to be released and then it's going to be confirmed and then things are going to move in a way that have not moved in seasons past. Can I tell you folks, we need that season now. We need that season now. The voice of God should be received with reverence, humility, and obedience. And we see that this message that Samuel... Here's Samuel. Here's this innocent 12-year-old boy. And he's getting a message of doom and gloom. And then he's going to go back to his mentor and say, uh, Listen, bucko, it's about you. This word's about you. And so here he is, and it's a difficult word. It's a word of conviction and correction and judgment. And it's not only about Eli, it's about his two sons. Because they were so disrespectful 
so dishonoring in the house of the Lord and so robbed the people of the sacrifices that were meant to be brought before the Lord so that those sacrifices could actually uh, bring forgiveness for the people and cleansing for the people and purification for the people, they took those offerings and they ate those offerings. Do not think for a moment that the enemy does not come to steal, kill, and to destroy the methods that God's put in place for us to receive the forgiveness of Christ. The word of the Lord. You don't think for a moment he will not put obstacles in your way to distract you, rob you, steal from you what God intended for you to have. And that is that the blood of Christ wash over you, cleanse you from all sin, bring you to repentance and freedom in Christ. And walk in the power of the salvation Christ died on Calvary for. He will block that message. Can I tell you, the world doesn't want to hear a salvation message today. Not interested. But don't think for a moment that Easter Sunday doesn't roll around every year. God's message will be heard. Oh, in a few weeks, I think. Samuel wrestled with the word of the Lord. He didn't want to conceal it. He knew that if God had spoken to him, he needed to do something with this word. And he's waiting until morning. We know it was early morning because the candles that are in the most holy place, they're actually lit at nighttime with olive oil, and they go out in the early morning time. It says they were still lit. So we know it's early, very early, because the, the lights are, the candlelight is still burning. And then he, when he did get up, what does he do? He goes about his normal days, jobs, right? He starts to open the doors of the house of the Lord and, uh, and go about his morning duties. And it says here that he feared revealing the word of the Lord. But Eli brings him and tells him to come to him. And now he, for the first time, has to handle the word of the Lord with spiritual responsibility. And I didn't want to just put responsibility because it's a spiritual matter. It's going to transition, really, the kingdom of God and Israel into a whole new relationship with God. This is a turning point. And, and so Samuel doesn't understand the weight of his responsibility, but he knows that he needs to take this spiritual moment and be responsible and honor the Lord with what God has spoken to him. And I think we, we kind of handle God casually. Here's this young man who, when Samuel, you know, when, when he was brought before him, he was, you know, Eli calls him again, and he calls him his son. So there's this relationship. There's an investment. And there's a training that he's received from his mentor. And Samuel says, here I am. And he says, what is it? What is it he said to you? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely. 
You see, we get the word of the Lord, and we kind of like, it's like, of course. It's the modern day, of course. And there's this lack of reverence. And there's this, it's a convenient word from God right now, and it's for me, me, me. God's like, no, no. Even if it's about you, it's not always for you. Do you hear me? There are people in your life who will be affected by the word of the Lord that he grants you, gives to you. And there is this casualness in our society with things of the Lord. There's a disrespect. There's a lack of reverence for the things of God. I am, I'm challenging myself and I'm challenging you that when the Lord comes and he speaks either in his written word to you through worship times, waiting times, when he just drops something in your spirit, or when he actually allows you to pray for another individual and you know there's an anointing to that prayer time, don't handle those moments casually. Don't be disrespectful. <coughs> Honor the Lord in those moments with a spirit of humility and obedience. I'm really encouraging you not to be casual when you hear the voice of the Lord. I'm really exhorting you this morning to be humble and reverent and obedience. The reason why the voice of the Lord was a rarity was because of the lack of reverence for it in this time. The voice of the Lord, we see in verse 19 to 21, the voice of the Lord will confirm your life calling, your spiritual destiny. The voice of the Lord will not Hold back what he wants from you, what he expects from you, what he wants to tell you. And we see in verse 19, it says, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. There's the calling of God. And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Did you ever hear about the old golfer who was standing in front of the first tee? And a hazardous hole with a green surrounded by water was in front of him. And wondering if he should shoot, uh, use his new golf ball, uh, he questioned, should I? Deciding that the hole was too dangerous, uh, he chose an old ball that he could afford to lose, and he placed it on the tee. And just then he heard the voice from above say loudly, use the new ball. So frightened, he replaced the old ball with the new ball and approached the tee. And now the voice from above shouted, you better take a practice swing. And with this, the golfer totally obeyed the voice. He stepped backward, and he took a swing, took a practice swing. Not just one, took two. Finally, more confident, he approached the tee, and when the voice again rang out, use the old ball. That was my own joke book, by the way. I won't blame that one on Anne. Sometimes God's voice 
intermittently speaks in a very specific moment. He continually spoke revelation and direction that guided Samuel's calling. Samuel experienced, it says in some translation, the favor of God, and he grew, he grew spiritually because the Father's voice confirmed the direction of the country, the direction of the moment, and the direction of its leadership. He was now a prophet. And God will faithfully confirm what we need to hear, what he is speaking to us. And whatever Samuel said as a prophet, it proved true and came to pass and it, in an ordained time. And I think that's the, the valuable uh, aspect and characteristic of God's voice. It doesn't mean because he spoke it today, it's going to happen today. It doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. It happens sometimes gradually. And we have to be patient as we're navigating through what we believe God spoke to us. Because we, it's not that we lack faith that he spoke to us. Sometimes what happens is the seasons of life go on and on and on, and that word actually lessens its impact doesn't mean that the word has lessened its impact in the eyes of the Lord. It means that life has taken us on a journey and life itself has lessened the impact of the voice of God and the word of God. The word still stands as what it says. And he will define it and direct it and characterize it and bring it to life as he moves forward, uh, as we move forward in him. And God made other manifestations of himself to Samuel. Samuel, at many times, had opportunities to move as a prophet and to move to hear the voice of God. And one of the great moments where he got to really be corrected, be directed, and rethink the process of God moving was when God was looking for a king. And it was actually Jesse's sons he was told to visit. And he went and visited and went through all the sons. And Samuel's standing there going, Are there, do you have any other guys? Because these aren't the ones God's talking about. And he's like, yeah, we have a bratty, ruddy, snot-nosed brat down in the sheep. Go get him. And that was him. And he was anointed king. The second king of Israel. And I love that story because it helps me to understand that here he is as a young boy, listen, and he had, it took four times for him to hear the voice of God. Now he's an older man and he's still learning the same lesson. I'm like, well, I feel better about being my age. <laughs> that means that I just have to keep my heart and my mind, and my spirit, and my willingness open to the voice of God. Amen? Doesn't mean we're perfectly going to hear him. But we need to hear him. And when we do hear him, we're affecting and impacting generations to come. Let's pray. Father, I'm convinced that you're asking us today to listen and respond to your voice with a greater desperateness. 
I believe you want us to acknowledge your voice and to adhere to your direction with a spirit of reverence and humility and obedience. I just ask for myself for forgiveness for being casual with you, for taking your voice for granted, at times disrespecting the voice of God. I pray, Lord, that it would be a daily habit for each of us that when we're in our quiet time, when we're in the word, when we're worshiping, when we're just hanging out with you, that we would not be intimidated to say, speak, Lord, and then make time to listen. Lord, I thank you that sometimes your voice is that still small voice. I'm so glad that it's speaking. We're in a desperate season of life here in the United States of America. There are a lot of voices to listen to. Tune our ear to your heart. Tune our ear to your voice. And give us a heart like Samuel. One of reverence and honor and humility and obedience that we would enjoy the sweet fellowship and intimacy that you desire with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.